ESPN Media Podcast Presentation. It's Black History Month. And, you know, I'm trying to, like, really get super, super hyped like I am every year. But this has been a very trying Black History Month so far. So far, You know, it's the 20th. We only got, like, a week or so left. And it's been a lot of drama. Like, I'm the over it i'm ready for like black history part two which is women's history month which is like black history part two for me because i celebrate all the women that need to be celebrated that we don't really talk about so you know this month has been very trying like between the news and trump and his shenanigans I mean, this whole Jesse um, situation, I know you already know what it is. And, you know, Steve Harvey basically saying it's okay to coon if you're getting paid. It's just been a real trying Black History Month. And I remember like last year, it was lit, you know, like it was like Wakanda forever, you know, Everybody seemed to be, like, happy on the same page and very, you know, authentic and showcasing their, um, you know, their their heritage for the month. And this year, it's just like, you know, it feels like, oh, you niggas was, like, too black last year, so y'all niggas got to tone it down some. So, we gonna have to make y'all tone it down some. I mean, on the flip side, you know, Colin Kaepernick got paid from the NFL. Yeah, you know, he was due. He was definitely due. And um, I don't know if you all are aware, but the AAF is a thing. You know, I just peeped that out not too long ago. The AAF, it's like a... um, a junior varsity version of the NFL. But they got some recognizable names there. And the rules aren't as restricted as the NFL. And a lot of the players are either from the NFL. Or they're or they are still eligible to play for the NFL. And um, so far from what I've seen... Uh, the stadiums are always packed. They, the you know the fans look really, um, really happy for them to be there. I've seen a lot of women, visible women, in the A in the AAF, meaning that I've seen like women as um in the coach boxes. I've seen women as referees. Like it's it's a lot different from um. The NFL now, granted, I haven't watched the NFL 
like leisurely like I haven't you know watched it at home and I really haven't been watching it I saw the Super Bowl because I was actually out and um everybody was watching the Super Bowl I mean I wasn't really paying attention to it but that was like the most football I've seen in the past couple years and um I don't know the football maybe because I haven't been watching it but it's definitely um not the same to me anymore you know I used to really enjoy watching football with my friends and my family and now it's like I'm just kind of like over it you know it's um it's it's not what it used to be to me and that's unfortunate because you know half of my life you know I started playing football when I was a little girl, because, you know, it's cold in Chicago. So we would play football in the snow, you know, catch, kick, throw, whatever. It's a bunch of snow and it was like really fun. But, you know, the NFL has really left a bad taste in my mouth and I'm just not really fucking with it. And that's unfortunate. However, I do appreciate um, the AAF and their inclusion of more visible women. So, you know, maybe I might give it a chance. I'm not sure, but I'm definitely interested and I'm, you know, thrilled to see that because you don't really see that in the NFL. The NFL has made it very vocal that they don't really care about women, whether it's their players, um, you know, committing domestic violence against women, killing women, or, you know, whatever the case may be, and being so, so hypocritical and and butthurt in their feelings over Kaepernick. I was just done. So that's just how I feel. But anyway, back to Black History Month. Yo, what the fuck is going on? Like, what's happening? I don't know what's happening. And no one can tell me what's happening. So let's start with Monique and Steve Harvey. So, you know, um, if you've been on The Rock, you know, Monique has been basically saying that um, Lee Daniels and Oprah, they kind of been like, um, shutting her out and she feels like you know she's been blackballed from Hollywood especially black Hollywood because you know she doesn't kiss ass to Lee Daniels and Oprah and people tried to make it seem like she was bugging out and she was lying or you know even people start saying you know she ain't that talented you know I'm pretty I, I from what I remember, maybe she, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure she got an Oscar or at least Oscar nominated for Precious. But, you know, people say she's not really that talented. And then there was the whole Netflix fiasco um, where she was demanding a certain type of money and people didn't really think she was worth it. So she goes on Steve Harvey's show. Now, Personally, I don't fuck with Steve Harvey, but some of y'all do. Some of y'all mamas definitely do. And I just don't fuck with Steve Harvey because Steve Harvey is just, a you know, 
a job-ass nigga, and he's always been a job-ass nigga. I used to watch the Steve Harvey show, TV show, and he was like this zoot suit-wearing-ass nigga with this Afro hairpiece that, you know, thought he was a player and was a music teacher and at high school and somewhere in Chicago, I think it was based in Chicago. And he was just like, I mean, he was f- kind of funny. I mean, I didn't watch it really for him. You know, really, I really watched it for like Romeo before he, you know, rest in peace to him. He passed away, the actor. I forgot the actor's name, but he was fine. So I really watched it for him. But I mean... Steve Harvey ain't really a funny person. Like, he's like white people funny. And what I mean by like white people funny, I mean like he's funny for like the black friend to be funny um, amongst white people. Like, he's not like Bernie Mac funny. You know what I'm saying? I mean, hell, even said the entertainer might be funnier than him. But Steve Harvey is definitely not that funny. And she goes on his show. And she's explaining herself and, you know, telling why she took the position. And she's talking about integrity. And this old job-ass nigga like, integrity? You can't secure a bag with integrity? (laughs) He is such a goofy, goof-ass nigga. And so basically he's screaming, talking about, I can't feed my kids on integrity. You know, I can't do this. I can't do this. You got to so you gotta play the game. You know, fuck all that protesting and all that activism. Basically, that's how, I, that's how it came out to me. Like, he was saying, fuck all that protest, or protest and activism, all bullshit. Leave that to the poor niggas. We balling. We rich. We got to secure that bag. You got to play the game. And he admitted that... You know, he knows that she wasn't lying about being blackballed and how she was being treated by um, Lee Daniels and Oprah. But because of who they are, you know, nobody wanted to go to bat for her. And that's disappointing because I feel like, you know, can women be protected? You know, why can't women be protected? You know, especially black women in entertainment, you know, like if they don't jump in line and they don't fall in line with, you know, Oprah and 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 all these other motherfuckers, then it's like, fuck them. Let them die on their own hill. Let them die their own death and see you on the other side. Meet you at the crossroads, nigga. Really? That's cold blooded, if you ask me. But I mean... And then, you know, it was pointed on Twitter and, and other social media platforms that, you know, Steve Harvey's explanation is a reason why, you know, it's a prime example of to- toxic masculinity and how misogynistic, you know, our society is. And... <sighs> Conan isn't a gender um, attribute, but it just so happened to be that most coons happen to be black males. I mean, that's just, I mean, at least visibly when it comes to media, it seems that when it comes to these 
Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, Republican Faces, you know, contrary ass niggas, it generally be the males. I mean, of course, you got the Candace Owens and you got the Stacey Dashes, but on the front lines is usually is usually men. And it kind of goes back to an article that was circulating about a year or two ago about how the alt-right and hoteps have joined forces because they have the same philosophy. Well, that's not really nothing to be shocked by because, you know, I, like I always state, you know, black people are fundamentally, fundamentally conservative, you know, so that's not a stretch. So he didn't apologize to Monique. He actually chastised her, you know, and, and it was kind of uncomfortable to watch because it's like here's this woman trying to explain herself who's been trying to explain herself for you know a couple years now and she's been on all these shows and all these people trying to tell her you know she's wrong she's wrong see the other side see the other side but then behind closed doors they agree with her i believe that's really corny that's hella hella corny so that's pretty whack. Um, the Boondocks released a new comic strip, comic strip, and ooh, I don't know what's wrong with my mouth. I know what's wrong with my mouth. I'm still, uh, <laughs> I'm still um, thinking about Valentine's Day. Anyway, back to back to the Boondocks. Anyway, so the Boondocks. They released a new comic strip and, you know, it was cool. You know, it's classic boondocks. But the problem I had with it is, you know, Charlemagne posted it first. Basically, he broke the comic strip and it was on his Instagram. And, you know, a nigga like me is like, when did Charlemagne become like you know, like the gatekeeper of blackness and pop culture. Like, I felt like, what the fuck am I, how, how did this, this nigga used to be an intern for Wendy Williams. Like, I remember when I moved to New York, he was just a yes man intern nigga to Wendy Williams. And he used to, you know, drive from Philly to New York to intern for her on her radio show. And now this nigga is like the gatekeeper of blackness. I don't even know how that shift. Like, I never really followed followed him like that. Like, I remember like on Twitter. I mean, he used to be an asshole on Twitter. He's still an asshole. But I just don't know how that happened. Like, when did it happen? Like, what what was the story or the movement or the 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 career point or or the social media highlight that granted this nigga to be like the gatekeeper of blackness? Cause like I don't understand. Like he's not that funny. He's <laughs> I sound like a real hater right now. <laughs> but I'm just being honest. Like I feel like 
people could just be, you know, mediocre as hell and, you know, give them a social media platform. And next thing you know, these niggas is gatekeeping. And it's like, wow, you know, um, he's not that funny. He's not an actual journalist. You know, he just on a talk show talking his opinions with, you know, um, with two other goofy motherfuckers. So I just, I don't know, like, and his own ignorance is what really bothers me. Like he could be very ignorant, you know, and it's like, he could be ignorant on purpose. And I feel like he says things where he, he should know better, but he says it just to, you know, gaslight the conversation and to create drama where there doesn't need to be drama. Like I found him to be very fucking messy, right? I that's just my opinion. Like I think he's very fucking messy, and um, yeah. So anyway, so he broke the comic on his IG, and you know I hope to see. I hope that we do see more boondocks. There's a lot of material. You know, um, I would love to know his thoughts, Aaron's thoughts as they, because we haven't seen him and heard from him for a while. And he said he wasn't going to really do any more boondock stuff. So I'm interested to see where this is going to go. I, I definitely know there won't be a cartoon, but, you know, I started off reading a boondocks in the Chicago Sun-Times and it got really, really popular and then it got Got on TV, got on Adult Swim. So I'm glad to see it's back at its roots. Um, I would definitely support a webcomic of the Boondocks if that was ever presented. So, you know, that's where we are. Um, Now, let's talk about Empire, right? Because when Empire first came out, I was like, you know what? It's a black TV show with black actors and black actresses. I stand Gabby. So I am going to watch it. And I don't know what happened. It was like one of those things where I missed the episode. Then I missed another episode. Then I missed another episode and then I watched the episode and then I kept missing episodes to the point where I just didn't watch it anymore. Here we are years later, Empire is still on and it was reported in the news that, you know, one of the stars of Empire was viciously attacked in Chicago while while he was there, um taping empire by two people who put a noose on his neck and yelled out MAGA and other racial slurs and homophobic slurs. Initially, people were like, you know, I was like, oh my God, that's just terrible. Like who would do that? And then like people started being very skeptical saying like, oh, well, why was he outside so o'clock in the morning? And, you know, maybe he was hooking up with some people off a gay side. Like, it was just like the worst of the worst. And it's unfortunate that, you know, um, these type of stereotypes and these type of questions come up 
when it comes to marginalized folks, right? So, you know, if a nigga like T.I. or like, you know, DMX got robbed 2 o'clock in the morning, ain't nobody gonna be like, oh, why was that nigga outside getting the sandwich or going to the or going to the gas station 2 o'clock in the morning? It's just gonna be like, they're just gonna believe him by default. But it's like, with Jesse, it's like, oh, all these questions, you know? So... So far, a lot of information that has been coming out has been debunked and unfounded. So there's a source. There is something wrong with this picture. And I'm going to tell you what I think. All right. This is what I think. I think. Okay. I think he is only two things that I, that could be possibly going on. One, he could be being set up. And we all know, we all have the proof. We didn't seen it. We all know that Lee Daniels is messy, right? And don't he still owe Dame Dash money? I'm pretty sure he does. He, he owed Dame Dash money. And people aren't the happiest with him. And I've even heard and been involved in conversations where a lot of black gay men don't see it for him. So to say the least, he's very problematic, right? I, and you know, Lee Daniels has a lot of pull, you know, I mean, he doesn't have like Oprah pull and Tyler Perry pull, but he definitely has some pull, right? And he has the access, the resources and the funds, so, I'm saying all that to say is, to say, I think Lou, I think Lee Daniels is messy enough to be like, if you don't see things my way, I'ma get you, bitch. That's what Lee Daniels reminds me of, and I would not be surprised if he has something to do with this. The only other explanation I can come up with with the whole this whole Jesse situation is unless Jesse has like some trauma he's dealing with and um he hasn't been able to effectively um he hasn't been able to combat it in a positive way. That's the only way I could see him setting this up himself. And you know what? I am going to use the mentally ill card because when white people do really ridiculous things or is something that's really hurtful, that's the first thing people assume. Like, Outside of me and a few other folks, you know, white people don't see other white people as inherently evil. So, but I do. So, <laughs> I'm going to give Jesse all the room in the world. And, you know, I am not going to, you know, I'm going to believe his story until the end. And if the end of the story reveals that he did it himself, that's going to be my explanation. And that's how I'm going to interpret it. And... That's that on that. I'm Don DeLorente. I'm Dee Dee I'm Magnum Brown. 
and we're the host of the WrestleCast. You can catch us right here on the CSPN each and every Friday as we provide your pro wrestling commentary with cover. There has been a growing uh, movement about stealing art from black creatives. And it's one thing to have your art and your creative talents being compromised by businesses and, you know, um, others. Like I've been seeing, like, you know, those really, really cool artists that be on Instagram, Pinterest, and on Facebook, and they create, like, cool graphics with, like, black girls and, you know, like, a real culture pieces and stuff like that. I see their art. Like, I'll, you know, be scrolling Facebook and then, like, you know, one of those sponsored ads will pop up. And the sponsored ads would have, like, their art made into, like, earrings and handbags and T-shirts. And I think that's really fucked up. Because, you know, I know how hard it is for artists and creatives to become visible, you know, nobody wants to be famous when they're dead. You know, you want to get paid now. You want to be recognized now. So, you know, a per you know, so when you see creatives work get ripped off, you try to do the best you can. You try to like notify them. You try to, you know, let the business know, leave, you know, bad reviews on the business page. But the biggest perpetrator of stealing other black people's art is notorious fuckboy Chris Brown. And he's been doing it for a minute now. Oh, this nigga is just so insufferable. He will take a cool piece of art, a black artist's art. He will crop out their logo and repost it on his page without even giving them credit. And when the creative, you know, an artist hit him up saying, hey, thanks, Chris Brown, for, you know, reposting my art. Could you give me credit? He'll delete their comments and say some fuckboy shit talking about some, oh, you should be glad I'm giving you, you know, shining some light on your art because don't nobody know who you are. That's why nobody like him, because he's a fuckboy. He is like a supreme fuckboy. And he keeps doing it. And I don't understand, like, he does it from, like, these marginalized artists who don't have the money to get a lawyer or... Or just be in a position to, like, protect themselves. You know, a lot of uh, artists can't do that. And, you know, Chris Boy is a, Chris Brown is a fuckboy. So him doing fuckboy behavior like that, especially against marginalized artists and artists that can't really protect themselves legally, is just fuckboy shit. And J-Lo at the Grammys. <laughs> what the fuck was that? I mean... I like J Lo's songs, even though you know Ashanti was singing a lot of them, and uh, um, but I didn't understand. Then I found out that allegedly Neo is the you know he's like the head nigga in charge over there at the Grammys, and it was pretty much his call, I guess. And you know they got his seal of approval. So I mean, if we're gonna be mad at J Lo, we gotta be mad at Neo and Neo. 
you know, allowing J-Lo to perform, you know, Motown hits. I mean, I doubt the same, you know, energy would be reserved if, like, you know, Janet Jackson stars singing Selena. I'm pretty sure they'll have, like, a whole fit at the Latin Awards. But that's neither here nor there. But, yeah, let's just throw this Black history on a side, you know, just for like, you know, social media wise and all the shenanigans that was happening because it was a whole lot. Now this week, I'm not going to give y'all a review of a comic or a movie because all of the TV shows I've been watching outside of Black Latin, I gave y'all the last episode has been like (laughs) kind of white, but I want to tell y'all for the Ted Bundy tapes, I want to highlight the black people on the Ted Bundy tapes. The Ted, listen, black people saved this country from Ted Bundy, particularly all the motherfucking niggas in Dade County, Florida, okay? Because those white people down there, they were really going to let Ted Bundy off the hook. And they were like, oh, he's such a good-looking young man and he's so smart you know it has to be a mistake and you see all these little silly ass white girls in there passing him love notes he was a psycho lunatic right and if it was not for the black people in Wade County Ted Bundy would have continued his 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 rampage of killing and raping and necrophilia and here black people go being superheroes the heroes and the people we don't even deserve in the 70s saving the world from itself really disgusting how clean cut white men through a little legal jargon here and there could be full-blown psycho killers and white people not even give a bad eye you know better eye on hey this dude can kill my daughter any day and they're like oh no he's so nice looking but that's enough on that again oh my god black history month what is happening so The police, the Chicago Police Department just released a statement stating that Jesse Selman is now a uh, person of interest in his case. And they are going to charge him for filing a false police report. Now, I'm saying that to say just the other day. The rumors that, you know, the police wasn't believing him and, you know, they think he's lying was debunked. And like a couple days later, now it's saying, hey, this is what we have and this is what's happening. So that lets me know that someone inside is leaking information. And if it could be leaked information, I still want to hear more from the story because I'm from Chicago. I don't even trust Chicago Police Department and neither should you. And again, I state again 
that even if he did this to himself, you know, look, Ed Buck is in Illinois right now killing black gay men in his own home and nobody's even winking an eye about that. So that's all I really have to say about that, you know. worst black history month ever and we're just gonna round up this conversation oh with the grammys you know j-lo did her whole you know tribute to motown or whatever the fuck it was and bet thought they were real cute and tried to shade uh Nicki minaj because cardi b won her grammy and a lot of people was like shading Nicki Minaj and, you know, BT tried it. And let me tell you something. Nicki Minaj fans are not with the shits. I don't even know a, a fan base, like not even a beehive, but Nicki fans, they will dox you. And what doxing means is they will find all your public information, like your phone number, where you work, your full name, your email, your phone number. You know, they will they will dox you and ruin your online life. Seriously. Like I, you, yo, listen, I don't want no problems with the barbs. Okay. They are about, they are with the shits. And the thing is, is that when someone get doxed, Nicki Minaj has a tendency to retweet them. So it's kind of like she co-signs the behavior. So BET was trying to be shady and be cute and try to throw a jab at Nicki. Nicki pulled out of the BET concert, which I mean, I don't blame her. You shade me, I'm going to pull out too. And they found out who the social media person was and they started sending death threats. The girl got fired. She had to like shut down her IG and her social media. And my thing with that is this. Working in social media, there is always a hierarchy of like who you have to submit information to. And, you know, someone has to review the copy, especially if it's going to be a leading story. So my thing is coming from someone that has a social media background I know that the social media person who was running a BET account probably it's a strong possibility they did not come up with that lead title by themselves and they did not just choose to push that story I'm pretty sure the director of social media the editors over there said this is what the this is what the trending content is on Twitter these the story that needs to go out and she was just doing her job. Is BET shady like that? Yeah. So the conversation really needs to be towards black media shading their own their own stars, their 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 own public figures. Um, do I think she should have been fired? No, I don't think she should have been fired. I think, you know, it's really a catch twenty two. Because, you know, Grammys and Emmys and any award shows or TV shows that are trending on social media, you know, news organizations and media, they try to stay in the conversation 
and they try to pick up that traffic by creating headlines based on what's trending. That's how BuzzFeed got so popular. BuzzFeed used to stay in, you know, stay in Black Twitter. Look and see what's Black Twitter talking about. What's trending? What memes are funny in Black Twitter? And they would take those topics, they would take those tweets, and they would make whole articles about it. So people who wasn't even in Black Twitter, like when Black Twitter was just a club of black people on Twitter and no one outside of black Twitter knew what it was. That's what BuzzFeed would do. And now you hear people talk about black Twitter who don't even have a Twitter. Like this whole, there's black Twitter, Facebook accounts. Like the crossovers are interesting, but ridiculous to see. And they did what they normally do, but they took it too far BET I'm talking about and they played themselves they could have just gave Nikki an apology you know a real apology and they could have just retracted all their statements and kept it moving and they didn't do that because they felt they had the space on social media specifically Twitter to do that and when it didn't work out for them they ended up firing the social media person and deleting the tweets and I feel like I definitely feel like you know people shouldn't lose their jobs for doing what they've been doing just because a celebrity gets upset about the bullshit they've been already been doing it for the entire time they've been employed it's a cop out it's how you ruin careers and it's unfortunate that they have been doing something for so long that once a celebrity claps back they have to fire the little people but this is how I feel about it now I know I owe y'all some bonus content I want to do a whole episode um I didn't go to donuts if y'all know what donuts is it's a yearly celebration to um the artist producer Jay Dilla so I want to do a whole episode on my favorite date my favorite Jay Dilla songs and my favorite Jay Dilla beats and just a whole episode about him. So that's going to be my bonus episode to y'all. So next time y'all hear me, y'all will be hearing me rant and rave about how I discovered Jay Dilla, some of my favorite tracks and everything like that. All right. So try to make this Black History Month a lot better than what we have. Okay. Because we're, we, we are ending this on a very sour note. So hopefully, you know, things will be looking forward and up and better 